tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show on Good Friday. Yeah. And uh, I, I, it was so funny, Mark. Um, at a point last uh, last evening, uh, Braylon's out of school today, and we were talking amongst ourselves. That, and uh, it was like, well, do you think it really is out of school for Good Friday? Are they going to call it that, or are they going to just say no? It's a weather related day, hmm. and that's what they did. It's just a, because if you know, like last year. It, they were out a lot for different really cold weather events, you know, right, during the yeah. course of the year. Well, this year, the only cold snap we really had was around Christmas. Hmm. And we didn't really have another one after that. You know, got chilly for a week or two, but that was about it. And um, so they didn't have any weather-related um, days off. And they're built into the schedule. So yeah. they had one placed right here on Good Friday. How about that? Yeah, so I thought that was kind of neat. When, when you and I were younger, um, it was like, they did. My parents didn't want us to refer to spring break as spring break. It was Easter break. You know, right. they, yeah, they yeah. wanted us to say that. Yeah. And now it's like, you don't say that. You say it's, you know, AEA week or spring break or whatever, but you right. don't say yeah. Easter. <laughs> and it's just odd, you know, mm-hmm. but anyway, so they're out of school today. I was kind of happy about that for them. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, but we're be, working. You'll be getting a visit from him later today. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things where I was like, you know, why? He could spend the night with us, but I have to get up in the morning. Right. You know? yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> if that, you know, but anyway, with Little League and all that, we'll see where it goes. Because, yeah. you know, it's just, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Another year of <laughs> ballpark hot dogs, man. Ooh. You know, when your last one leaves, you think there's certain things you're done with. Yeah. And then you remember, wait a minute. Remember those ball fields with T-ball players and little <laughs> kids in uniforms? <laughs> yes. You know. It's, it starts when they're, if they're old enough, it, once they get rid of their diapers, they can play in a league somewhere, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh goodness. But I mean, Braylon's not that. I mean, no, it's, I he's fun to watch but still, you know, <laughs> hey, you don't really have a problem with it. Do you? Come on. You know, there's not a good answer for that at all. Not one that'll keep you out of trouble. No, no. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and mark the other morning we were on the air talking about something on youtube and yeah. i made the i made a, a decision during the music to go look at a youtube video something i can't remember what it was because whatever we were talking about that i thought would be interesting to look up on youtube right um i didn't get to before we were talking again and i forgot about it but what was up on the screen was about fishing and it had this guy in south america somewhere and he was catching piranha with raw meat. Yeah. He, and he was like sitting over a wooden boat with a piece of wood over it. He's barefooted and he's catching these piranha. He drops a little hunk of meat in the piranha bite. He lifts it up and puts them inside the boat. He's not actually in the boat. He's right. on a piece of wood. And it's like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> it's like, you, you realize those things can rip your flesh. Yep. And, uh, anyway, it's just funny because. You know, they actually do have laws about catching piranha where they're allowed mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. Uh, they're a very rough species. And the first thing I remembered was after Adrian Barbeau left the television show Maud, um, she was in a movie that was kind of like, you know, about Jaws. Yeah. And Jaws 2. Yeah. There was piranha. I remember she that. Was, yeah. Okay. It was Adrian Barbeau was in a movie about piranha. So yeah. that, that's where my thinking went. And then I saw this in the our stuff today. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? 
A piranha? <laughs> Holy moly. A teenager fishing in a South Carolina lake made a once-in-a-lifetime catch. A South American pacu. It, the pacu is a, re- a relative of the piranha. 15-year-old uh, Drew Patrick of Anderson said he was fishing in Lake Hartwell when he reeled in the pacu, a piranha cousin famous for its human-like teeth. Hey, is that fish smiling at me? Uh, Patrick said it was a once-in-a-lifetime catch. Ross Self with the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources confirmed the fish reeled in by Patrick was a South American pacu. He said the fish are occasionally found in South Carolina waters after being illegally released. Here we go. Just like all these other things that get turned loose because they get too big for your aquarium. And that's what's going on. They're a popular aquarium species that can outgrow your aquarium. They literally, uh, they outgrow the space they're in, unlike some other fish that will grow right. to the space they're in, right? They just keep right. growing. Well, right. Self said it's illegal to release Paco in the South uh, Carolina waters, but species, the species is not believed to pose a significant threat to the local ecosystem. Paco are related to piranhas, but the species are vegetarians, prim- primarily feeding on tree nuts. Is and that what, when they get up at night and get out of the water and go walking around? And during the day, they tuck their feet back in? And where are you, where are you finding tree nuts on the, you know? They uh, have an exchange program with squirrels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're using a system of reeds and pulleys to suck in just enough air to run on land, grab the team, and come on back. That's right. They have the reverse snorkel. Is what yes. It is. yes. Well, William Fink, a piranha researcher at the University of Michigan, said there have been no recorded instances of Paku fish biting humans. Well, you know, that's true with most fish like that, but it doesn't mean <laughs> if you stick your fingers in their mouth, they're not going to chomp down. Paku. Uh. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, uh, you know, Mark, you and I talk about the lottery occasionally. Right. Um, we make it a point to say we're not in favor of the lottery. No. But it doesn't mean we don't buy tickets when we're in a state that has a lottery. Yeah. Um, I did think Great about this because I, yeah. I used to think every time I win, I did. But um, I mentioned it a lot on it. She goes, you don't realize it. We haven't bought any tickets in a long time when we've right. gone, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's because the reason is before I used to do it as a marker for a trip with the whole family, you know. Yeah. And we, I would have these tickets, and it was one for everybody on the trip. That's all it was. And I never, half the time, I don't think I ever checked the, to see if we won anything, you know. Yeah. And um, so I, I guess what I've started doing is I go to the beach now, and I go and cash a $20 bill, and I just throw the money out the window as I'm driving, <laughs> you know. I mean, same thing. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> but anyway, this uh, Virginia man. Buys 20 identical lottery tickets, yeah. and I don't understand what the point of that is. Well, I think that's sign number one that you have a problem. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. A Virginia man bought 20 tickets for a single pick four lottery drawing, and he won 20 times. <laughs> the total was a hundred grand. He won a hundred thousand dollars. The Virginia lot, the Virginia lottery said Fecru Herpo of Alexandria bought 20 tickets for the March 8th pick four drawing with the number combination of two, five, two, seven. When he visited the four mile run shell station on South four mile run drive in Arlington, in case you'd like to duplicate his effort, um, each of Herpo's ticket tickets won a $5,000 top prize in the drawing for a total prize of a hundred, a hundred grand. He said he doesn't usually buy large amounts of identical tickets for this particular drawing, but he has strong feeling about the March 8th drawing. 
nothing. He says okay. he doesn't doesn't know yet what he's going to do with his winnings. Okay, now I understand. Okay, yeah. I thought you know, like if you buy a ticket for the lottery, and let's just say that it's a million dollars, and Mark and I both have the same number, then we win the million dollar prize, but we split it right down the middle, fifty fifty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not the case with this. This is a pick four where the maximum prize amount you can win is five thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. So by buying the duplicate tickets, it was giving him if you know if it hit additional money. Now I get yeah. it. Okay, that makes sense now. Yeah. And. I'm going to be honest with you. If he calls and says, hey, man, I got a really good feeling that so-and-so is going to win the World Series, <laughs> I'm taking that pick. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show. You know, whenever you see a story that it, this sounds like something that has to do with breaking out of prison. It okay? does, doesn't it? Yes. Because right. that's what I was thinking. Okay, good. Thinking around our parts, we call this an escape. Yep, or Alcatraz <laughs> is back in action. An Egyptian swimmer put his skills to the test and broke a Guinness oh, World no. Record. What is that? It's, uh, it's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known that. It looks like a lamb. How did he do it? He swam for over seven miles wearing handcuffs. Wow. 31-year-old Shahab Alam claimed the Guinness World Record title for farthest distance swimming hand wearing handcuffs when he completed his 7.24-mile swim in the open waters of the Arabian Gulf. He broke the previous record of 5.35 miles set by U.S. swimmer Benjamin Katzman back in 2021. The record-breaking swim took Alam about six hours to complete. He said, I, during the training, I used to, uh, attract cure. Let's see. I used to attract curious glances when I have the handcuffs on to avoid drawing too much attention. I prefer to swim in quieter areas, typically near the limit line of the beaches. Although I receive some stares, he said he might someday be able to break his own record as he's still perfecting the technique. He calls the double arm pull and modified <laughs> side stroke. Wow. Yeah, I call that being sore for days afterwards. Uh, wow. th- the feeling of being among the record-breaking elite gives me a sense of being a superhero, and it drives me to maintain my position in the records for as long as possible, he says. Wow. Okay. Mm. Seven and a quarter miles in handcuffs. Couldn't do it without them. I, I know... And I'm thinking the only way I would was if it was a prison escape, you know, (laughs) I'm thinking the only way I could possibly do that kind of a swim or treading water like that Mm. is it. No, is in a dream. I don't think that's possible for Dave Mack to do in real life. I don't even think the previous record holder at 5.35 miles is doable for me. No, This, this is one of those records that I'm going, you know what? This is what the Guinness Book of World Records is for. You know, yeah, just yeah, how right. long can this is one of those because it's something that if you're a swimmer, you know, you've been in the pool and you've all done that same thing where you go underwater and hold your breath, see how long, how far you can swim underwater and right, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And then this guy's doing it handcuffed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you take me down to the, the community pool, put handcuffs on me and you'll be fishing me out of the deep end on the first lap. <laughs> radio.fm the mark and mag show hopefully you're off to a good start today mark you know yeah i'm just not feeling it man i'm sorry i <laughs> know i'm i'm just okay. oh yeah well you had a you had a yeah uh, you, know. you had a you had a i'm air quoting doctor beat yeah. you up yesterday oh dude. <laughs> yeah you know um it's like, Rusty. I mean, like you go see somebody from the Adams family who has the rack 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, at a certain point in time in life, again, it's like everything kind of hits you. You know, you're looking around going, yeah, I think I'm out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and <laughs> I, yeah, but just the way of life. All right, Mark. So here we got a laundromat exploding, killing a man. <laughs> this just sounds weird. Well, here we have, I mean, first it was lawn, lawn care. Right. <laughs> yes. And now it's the laundry. I mean, yeah. <laughs> a simple mistake, laundry mistake, almost cost one guy his life. Almost. After he narrowly escaped a fiery explosion at a laundromat in Spain. Terrifying footage shows the moment a tumble dryer blew the shop to pieces. According to reports, the dramatic footage was captured in the port city of Acarona. Acarona, that is, in March. <laughs> Acarona. Like yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> my bologna anyway in march but this but it's been circulating online this week it shows a man leaving the store with bags of laundry in his hand but seconds later a dryer suddenly stops and its door flings open before bursting into a ball of flames shockwaves from the blast caused the shop front window to blow out subsequently tearing the laundromat sign off the building it's been reported that there was a lighter left inside a pants pocket by a customer and that's what caused the blast (laughs) oh wow what were they drying fuel soaked (laughs) rags i mean a lighter wow it's just man that's one more sad there's another place i gotta strike off my list of places to go (laughs) i'm not going to the laundromat that's dangerous LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac Show. And Mark, if you were sitting at a stoplight and somebody came up to you to try to carjack you, mm-hmm. have you given this thought like what you would do? Um, well, after I call the paramedics or before? <laughs> or would that be from fighting or from heart attack out of fear? No, that would be from uh, from the holes in the perpetrator. Because <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, you're always packing heat. I got you. <laughs> I, now, I... <laughs> Carjacking is a terrible thing, and I, Jane actually witnessed a carjacking once really? a few years ago. She was oh, picking wow. up some groceries for her mom, right at a <clears throat> at a grocery store in Centerpoint, and as she walked out, this guy walks up to a car that was sitting out front with the driver at at, at the wheel. The guy pulls a gun, tells the fellow to get out of the car, and took his car from him and drove away. Wow! Yeah! Wow! Guy got out. Yeah, the guy hmm. got out. And yeah. I, I'm thinking it's called a gas pedal. Just move, yeah. just go. I know. You know, what's he going to do? Shoot. Yeah. Well, what, what, and call attention to himself after he failed. And, I mean, what's he going to yeah. do? I mean, oh, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I was just saying, because that's the only reason people don't is they're in fear of being shot. And it's like, right. and I'm thinking, well, really and truly, if the guy wanted to kill somebody, he would have shot you and pulled you out. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I know, but by the way, this is not a, a suggestion of what you should do. It's merely of what we may have done in the past or thought about doing. Yeah. Because the way it is, you know, always recommended, always give in to the robber. Nothing, nothing's mm-hmm. worth your life. I'm going right. to be honest with you, man. Um, I would probably be the most frustrating candidate to be carjacked. Yeah. Because the guy could be standing there yelling and screaming, get out or I'm going to shoot. And I'm, it takes me so long to get out of the car. <laughs> I'm like, you might want to go ahead and just shoot. <laughs> matter well, of fact. 
you know, if you can do, you're going to have to do more than just wing me. Cause that ain't going to help. Yeah. You know, it's well, not going to make me hurry up. Yeah. Well, the way this stuff plays out on TV and stuff, it's not oh, yeah. like real life. We've talked no. about before, like a hostage situation where somebody's yeah. holding, holding a loved one in front of them mm-hmm. and they've got the gun pointed at you yeah. and they tell you drop the gun or I kill them. And yeah. I, and what Billy jacket, Billy well, jacket. Yeah. And it was, and it's every TV show. Some cop will lay his gun down and say, Hey, we can talk this out. Yeah. And no, the thing, can't. and the thing is, no, you can't. I, and the answer should be, well, if you harm that person, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's what Billy Jack said. Uh-huh. When the, sh- the sheriff guy pulls the gun on the girl mm-hmm. and he, Billy, drop your gun or I'm going to shoot her, Billy. You know, I will. And he goes, go ahead. That's <laughs> exactly you right. You shoot her. Because you're next. I shoot you. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. back to carjacking. A woman yeah. tried to carjack a driver in a grocery store parking lot. Familiar scenario for me. There you go. In Agora Hills, California, where she ended up ramming several cars. Cell phone video shows how the chaos that unfolded Friday afternoon at the store on uh, the, on Canaan Road. A, a woman in the car can be heard calling out for help as the car quickly reversed. Detectives said a 27-year-old woman tried to steal the victim's purse. As she was pulling the purse, the victim was also pulled from the car. That's when deputies say the would-be carjacker hopped in and tried to drive off. But she couldn't because... The club was on the steering wheel. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Witness Jocelyn Palmer says it was kind of bouncing like a ping pong ball off the other cars. She tried to bail out of the vehicle. <laughs> when she did, she got out. She got out here. She slipped. And that's wow. when Palmer and two men jumped on top of her. <laughs> two people were hurt and treated at the scene. The woman was arrested and taken to a hospital. <clears throat> Details about her injuries are not immediately available. Wow. <laughs> wow. Agora Hills, just so you know, mm-hmm. it is a it's a beautiful area. It's north of Los Angeles, and I I had a friend, a family friend that lived out there, and I remember because it was like you were headed to Thousand Oaks, but before you get to Thousand Oaks, that's Agora Hills, and okay. it's like a it's a like a green belt, man, or yeah. it was. I just don't know how much it's changed, but anyway, it used to be a beautiful place. Wow, and, you know, now I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> I don't know, man. I get I go back to that carjacking thing, yeah. and I just think if that happened to me. I don't know what I would do. If somebody pulled a gun on me and threatened me, I feel like saying, dude, you, you realize I'm a believer. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't have a death wish, man. I don't want to die. Right. But I know where I'm going when I do die. So <laughs> if you want to hurry this up, you can deal with God on it. Okay. <laughs> Life radio dot FM. It's the market Mac show. And you know, a little bit ago, we kind of did a stupid criminal story and didn't yeah. know it. Yeah. And so, but it was about a carjacking. So that carjacking didn't go so well for the stupid criminal. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. A Delaware man, by the way, the theme for Delaware, see it all before <laughs> noon, Delaware, <laughs> accused of trying to carjack somebody. Mm-hmm. And this one does qualify. Oh! A Delaware man is facing charges after police say he tried to carjack an off-duty police officer in an unmarked <laughs> car Oops. minutes after he tried to rip another person from the driver's seat of their car. Wow. 22-year-old Mark Tannen has been charged with two rounds of second-degree attempted robbery and is being held at a Wilmington jail after failing to post $5,000 bail. <laughs> Investigators say around 9 p.m. Tuesday, Tannen, no relation to Biff, a Wilmington resident, was fought off by a driver who he attempted to forcibly remove from their car on East Main Street. <laughs> Minutes later, Tannen opened the door of an unmarked police car and tried to forcibly remove the off-duty co- cop from that car. 
After the officer identified himself as law enforcement, investigators say Tannen fled and was Mm -hmm. chased by the officer who eventually helped arrest him with the help of other officers. Investigators say no one was hurt in either attempted carjacking and no weapon was used during either one of them. Wow. You know, one of the lessons that I I learned from a pastor once who used to be a cop was don't ever run from the cops. You're just going to make them mad. Right. You know, and then and then. (laughs) You're going to hear this. Stop resisting, sir. Stop resisting. You're laying there out of breath. You can't resist. Bam, bam. Stop resisting, sir. Give me that arm. I'm laying on my arm. I can't get it out. You're on top of me. I can't move. Yeah. He's checking him in at the jail. How'd he get so beat up? Fell off the curb 14 times. (laughs) Mark and Mac mornings only on liferadio.fm. liferadio.fm mark and mag show kind of running rampant man um there is something happening within our world of sports uh that is just wrong and it has become a political football and that is men who identify as female and play girl sports Mm -hmm. it happened in swimming with uh riley or not, not riley Gaines. riley Gaines is female um, married female, uh, right. married to a man. Okay. And, um, she was talking about having to battle, um, Riley or, uh, Leah Thompson. I That's think it's the girl's yeah. person's right. name. Yeah. And, uh, Leah Thompson is a ban- born a man and, uh, is just winning all these championships in swimming. And Riley has spoken out against that saying, it's not fair for women to compete against biological males. Mm-hmm. And now there are rules in place for, uh, men who, you know, want to, uh, actually play in female sports. I mean, they have to have done a number of things, but uh, in terms of hormone treatments and things like that to qualify. But the problem is what they have found out. Um, other, I mean, <laughs> you know, liberals love to say, follow the science, right? Uh-huh. And yeah. the science of this is that when a body goes through, uh, when a, a boy becomes a man, you know, you go through that whole transition that your muscles are different. You know, yeah. they're bigger and they hold more. Uh, they, I don't know the biology of this because I skipped those days in class by taking a nap and then cheating on the test. But Thank you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> bottom line is men are men, women are women. I think right. most of us acknowledge that. But the Biden administration has made this a real huge issue. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, Joe Biden, uh, actually, the same day that Riley Gaines is violently assaulted in San Francisco, okay, she was yeah. invited to speak by Turning Point Ministries. and. Yeah. Uh, she spoke about her experience racing, you know, in, in a swimming pool against a biological male. And she's saying, you know, we got to save something for women there. You know, we have to have women's sports and women's mm-hmm. sports means women competing against women, not women competing against a biological male. This makes sense to most of us yeah. um, that have a, that are human beings with a, a, a mature brain. But on the, you know, the Biden administration um, makes this passing thing last night saying that all states have to allow women and men to compete as women if they want to. Hmm. And he just, you know, by executive order, making these changes. Yeah. And so the day that comes out, uh, you have, um, Oh, who's the mouthpiece now? Uh, Jean Pierre. Um, Oh yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. The press yeah. secretary. Yeah. 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 She actually, you know, says that, uh, you know, telling trans kids it's time to fight back. Meanwhile, you've got right after that happened in yeah. Nashville with a trans person right. killed six people in a Christian yeah. school. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And now and the, and right after that happens, you're, you know, and then Riley Gaines gets attacked that night by a man in right. a dress. Yeah. Um, I will tell you that for many times, you know, I've 
I, as a believer, I'm like, you know, you have to pick your battles, you know? Um, and there are certain battlegrounds that I think Christians feel, you know, are, I'll give you an example, uh, see you at the pole. Okay. Right. Something we do in high school and, uh, kids, uh, Christian kids go and they pray around at the flagpole at school. And it's just like a, a prayer before a ball game. You know, people fight about prayer in the public school and, and that, but it comes down to this. Um, while those things are for man to see, Oh, look at my kids out there to see you at the pole or my kid led the prayer at the school or whatever. Okay. That's not what Jesus told us to do. He told, told us to live as we are, you mm-hmm. know, at, yeah. and as believers, there are certain things that we know are true and right. And others that aren't and standing up for what's true and right. Is it Jesus taught us to love everyone, you know, everyone. And when you love everyone, you have to be truthful with them. And lovingly sharing truth is what we do. And it doesn't mean pointing a bony finger of righteous indignation and telling a lost person they're going to hell um, if they don't change their ways right now. It's showing them how we live our lives, how Jesus told us to live, how we're supposed to react to things, and being a loving person. But again, loving with the truth. We cannot pander to the lie. You know, that, that we, you cannot just tell somebody it's okay because that's how they think they feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not, it's not biologically true. It's not scientifically proven and it's wrong. We're lying to protect somebody's what they claim is their identity when really they're just confused and they bought into a lie. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of seeing people who buy into a lie attacking people for being truthful. Mm. It's just despicable, it but it is how the devil works. I guess mm. it is. Uh, first back to the, uh, to the guy comp- or the, the men yeah. competing in women's sports, right? In a nutshell, they're all losers. Yep. They all are. They couldn't, yep. they couldn't, they couldn't succeed in men's sports. Right. Yeah. But they can beat all the girls. Yes. Right. And that what's right about that. No, absolutely nothing. And the other thing is we tell the truth because the truth actually telling the truth is love. The, the world, the world around us doesn't know what love is, right? They, they love has to do with sex and that's, that's not no, what love yeah. is. I know. Love is a commitment. Love is a decision. Love is, love is tough. It really is tough. And to tell someone the truth is, is loving, but that's all been perverted and warped by the people who are, they're groping around in the dark, trying to find their way. They're lost. So they call telling the truth, hate, right? Right. It's not hate. It's telling you the truth. You may not want to hear it, but it doesn't mean I hate you. It doesn't mean I hate you. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. And the truth is that God's word says he created them male and female, men and women. That's what God created. Everything else is imagination, which is supported by psychobabble. liferadio.fm Mark and Mac show I you know what Mark um, we had a couple stories earlier about um, people being stupid you know criminal stuff <laughs> yes and I, I, something happened to pop up in my uh, email of, of just stories and things and mm-hmm. I, it's a fake cop um, arrested in Michigan after attempting a traffic stop of a real cop oh I saw this yesterday okay. yes. why would 
I, and I mean this. Why? Would, I, I, I don't get it. The, the copy stop was off duty. Right. Yeah. So, and, and not yeah. in uniform, but, but still, right. I mean, come it's on. It's the thing is, well, you know what, if you ever watch and you know, I, when I do watch TV, I like cops shows, courtroom shows that, you know, and there's a number of different shows that show like real court action and yeah. this story, cause it's an 18 year old guy, right? His name yeah. is uh, Christian Katan Mansour. When you get all three names, you know, you're in trouble. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so this 18 year old dude, it tries to pull over the wrong guy. Well, I'm watching one of those court TV shows and, uh, uh, Dan Abrams, you know, the, his show. And mm-hmm. in one of them was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where this guy, this kid, he was, I don't know, 20 ish. Um, he is conducting a traffic stop on somebody. Um, and he's got them pulled over and another, a real cop, you know, is driving and the guy's car was tricked out to look like it was a sheriff's deputy car, you know, or a mm, cop police car. Yeah. And he's writing a ticket, right? And yet, and this real cop pulls up and notices a couple things wrong with the stop right away. Okay. Because real cops know what they do. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to how you taught me about the, what the bank teaches recognizing right. money, you know, yeah, the real, a real thing. cop. Yeah, the real they know the real thing, and and as he stops, he knows this ain't real, this is wrong, and so the guy, the cop, is talking to this kid, and he won't give it up. He's acting like, yeah, I left my gun and badge there back there. I'm headed to the department now to get it. I, you know, he's just bumbling around why he doesn't have normal stuff, and it's like, so finally they arrest him for impersonating an officer. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's one thing to impersonate an officer; it's already bad. But you know, to I don't know, park in a different spot or get ahead in line or whatever. But when you've taken it so far that you're pulling people over and pretending to cite them, Mm. um, if that's your goal to be a police officer, you know, um, you can become a real cop. Oh yeah. You can do that. It's not like, you know, you have to be born into it. Mm. And I just don't get that idea. I mean, I just don't get that Mark. Yeah. Well, some of them actually have tried and failed. Well, that's true too. You know, so they go out and they, they dress up and <laughs> they go to the, the, you can buy the clothes, you know, yeah. you can buy yeah. the uniforms, you can buy all the paraphernalia. You just can't get the official ID, the, you know, right. all the other stuff. But, but, uh, there are those wow. people who just, they so desperately want to be the cop, but for whatever reason, they don't pass the physical. They don't, you know, right. They can't be, and they go ahead and, and go out there and pretend. And, mm. but then wow. there are some of them who use it as a method of victimizing others, stopping, yeah. young, stopping young ladies and things oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're right. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, you know, they end up wanting to be around the jail so much. You impersonate a cop long enough. You will end up in the jail. <laughs> Life radio dot FM, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, um, Mark, you are a uh, much more traveled man than I. Mm. And I, th- I think it's kind of cool. I would like to travel more, uh, not necessarily on a plane, <laughs> but mm. like to be in the <laughs> driver's seat. But anyway, when uh, I saw this story and my first thought was just yikes, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. Come on, Andy, grow a little backbone. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot like that. that? Snakes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this happened on a rather small plane. A South African pilot had to make an emergency landing when he found himself in a situation right out of the movies. There was a snake on the plane. <laughs> right under his seat. Pilot Yikes. pilot Rudolph Erasmus, I love that name by the way, was mm-hmm. flying a private plane carrying four passengers to Pretoria. 
when he found himself in a situation reminiscent of that film, Snakes on, the, on a Plane. He says, as I turned to my left and looked down, I could see the head of the snake receding back underneath my seat, at which point there was a moment of stunned silence, to be brutally honest. Uh, Erasmus said it took him a few moments to register that he had just seen a highly venomous Cape Cobra. The pilot quickly made arrangements for an emergency landing at the closest airport in Welcome and informed his passengers of the slithering stowaway. He said you could hear a needle drop, and I think everyone froze for a moment or two. The plane landed with no one being bitten by the Cobra. The passengers and crew members disembarked safely. Erasmus said the snake was still curled up under his chair when he disembarked, but the reptile had, there it is, the reptile, had disappeared by the time a professional snake handler, a catcher, arrived on the scene. Workers at Worcester Flying Club, or Worcester Flying Club, pick your pronunciation, where where the plane had originally departed, revealed they had earlier seen a snake slithering under the aircraft, but it vanished before they could grab it. <laughs> and they didn't look in the plane. What is wrong with that? Former oh workers at the Worcester wow. Flying Club. <laughs> okay, that kind of explains it right now. Yeah. Uh, wow. LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac show, and still a little freaked out about that. <laughs> Snake, the venomous cobra. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm like, how does the cobra. Did somebody put the cobra on the plane ahead of time? Were they traveling with? Mm. Why? How does a cobra end up on a plane? Well, they said the, <laughs> the airport workers said they saw it under the plane beforehand. Yeah. Right. So I, the only thing I can guess is that they were loading it. The doors were open. You know. Yeah. The luggage compartment uh, hatch was open. Things like right. that, and it got in. But, but yeah. that's what I'm thinking. They saw it before. Mm-hmm. Why didn't anybody think to stop him then? I mean, are you, yeah. it, Mark? If you and I. Are, are getting ready to get on the air and we see a cobra in the building near us. Mm-hmm. Are we just going to go in the studio and hope? No. Nope. Or are we going to do something about the old cobra? No, no. That's why I said they didn't check inside the plane. I, I know. Mean, you would have thought they would have, but no. You would have thought they would have stopped the cobra while they had vision on it outside the plane before yeah. it took off. Yeah. All right. Just making sure I didn't miss something. I know. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, an African antelope on the loose. Mm -hmm. Now, Mark, (laughs) I'm wondering if this has anything to do with the piranha-type fish in South Carolina. (laughs) Baku, yes. (laughs) Massachusetts Zoo confirmed an eland antelope is on the loose. After escaping from the facility during a recent storm, the Lupa Zoo in Ludlow said a, a recent storm caused a tree to fall on the paddock housing the eland antelope, a species native to Africa. A female antelope remained in the enclosure, but the male fled the zoo and was has been seen wandering in Ludlow and Wilbraham. Wow. <laughs> wow. The zoo said in a Facebook post, we're doing everything to get him home and have notified all the authorities. Animal Control said uh, on social media, the antelope is a non-aggressive herbivore. But be warned, the animal can kick if approached from behind and startled like a horse, but wow. will not rear on hind legs. <laughs> wow. All right. Here's my solution, Mark. And yeah. tell me if I'm wrong. I would, you know, every community has people who are really into hunting. That Every community has one. Yep. And I'm thinking you run an ad. Guys, we need, well, not, when I say guys, I mean the plural female male. Uh-huh. Anybody, any hunting people want to help. 
we're going to have a dark gun class, you know, <laughs> and you break out the guns that shoot the darts to knock yeah, them out. That's right. Non-lethal. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you, you, you know, you would have plenty of volunteers and you just have a day for the hunt. We're going to shoot this elk. We're going to bring her home, you know, mm-hmm. him home. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, and you know what? Dudes would come out of the woodwork, but there would be one guy, one, there was always one. And he's like, yeah, I'm going with my 30 out six. I'm taking me an elk, an antelope. Uh-huh. That guy is the one guy in Massachusetts that's going to be showing the the, the mounted head off to all of his buddies yep. during football season. They come over to the house. So where'd you bag uh-huh. that? Backyard. Yep. And then, you know what? Then you're going to have the protest, you know, about saving antelope, guns kill. This is why we've got to get rid of long uh, yeah. rifles. <laughs> oh, my goodness. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show and mark earlier today we were talking about uh, cop shows on tv and in the movies and yeah. things like that and just how how things work in real life versus in the movies and this headline okay if y'all just follow along here army special ops team mm-hmm. what does that mean to you mm. is is this a group of highly skilled killers you know yeah, I would think so. Okay. The the All group right. that group the the ones that come and knock down doors and go in after people. Right. Yeah. Army special ops. This is different than the SWAT team. Right. Not knocking SWAT. SWAT's just they're yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, but That's this civilian. Is, this is military. Yes. yes. Right. And these are the guys that they boy they sign they volunteer for this duty man. Mm-hmm. So when they burst into a hotel room, okay. Yeah. Something magical is going to happen. Oh, <laughs> magical may not be the word. <laughs> An army special ops team stormed the wrong Boston hotel room during a nighttime training exercise, bursting in and detaining a hotel guest. This is what this the, would be the this would be the team Dave led. Just so you know. <laughs> Uh, um, a statement from Lieutenant Colonel Mike Burns of the U.S. Army Special Operations Command says, First and foremost, we'd like to extend our deepest apologies to the individual who was affected by the training exercise. Uh, no wow. injuries were reported. Uh, the, well, bungled, reported. <laughs> <laughs> the bungled raid occurred around 10 p.m. Tuesday at the Revere Hotel Boston Common in the downtown business area. Wow, that's a place to choose, right? Yeah. Mm, the FBI... Uh, which was assist, assisting in the exercise says based on inaccurate information, they were mistakenly sent to the wrong room and detained an individual, not the intended role player. Wow. They said the training was meant to enhance soldiers skills to operate in realistic and unfamiliar environments. A Boston police incident report said officers were called to the hotel around 1220 AM to Wednesday and were wow. met by the federal agents there. Well, that's two hours over two hours later. Wow. Yikes. Uh, local news reports said the person who was detained was a Delta Airlines crew member. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Oh, you don't want to fly that plane the next day. Wow. A Delta spokesperson said in a statement, uh, we're looking into reports of an alleged incident in Boston that may involve Delta people. We have further uh, nothing further to share at this time other than to reaffirm our commitment to ensuring the <laughs> safety and well-being of our people. Wow. <laughs> Which, just to be clear... Um, they're going to be former employees because they're all retiring because <laughs> they have hit the lottery. <laughs> wow. Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And when our 
country was becoming a country. There was talk. You have to have symbols for everything. You know, mm-hmm. you have to have the and and one of those was our uh, bird. Uh, the uh, our na- what do they call it? the national bird yeah. or whatever? Yeah, which and now is the bald, bald eagle. eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Ben Franklin, you know, what suggested that uh, not the bald eagle, but the turkey, mm-hmm. because turkeys are smart. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I don't know any turkeys that I've actually had a conversation with, but no. apparently they're really quick on a computer, you know, and uh, <laughs> but they're not fast enough to get out of the way of the, the, the Thanksgiving Day celebration. That's right, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but again, that could have been mm-hmm. our, uh, you know, our bird instead of the bald eagle. And I, I look at the two of them and I'm thinking, we got the bald eagle, majestic, powerful, strong and the turkey <laughs> looks like Ben Franklin, you know, <laughs> the turkey gobble right. gobble. Yeah. Uh, well, turkeys, well, apparently turkeys can be aggressive. And I've heard stories from, you know, from, from childhood about people on farms who the turkeys, the turkeys get a little, get a little aggressive and will follow people around and attack them, you know? Well, aggressive turkeys have reportedly been following and intimidating residents in Dedham, South, which is south of Boston, Dedham. That's according to the cops who posted safety tips as turkey breeding season ramps up this spring. Breeding season is from March to May, leading to a jump in turkey activity around the region and incidents involving humans. (laughs) The, The police wrote on Facebook the other day, Animal Control has received a few reports of turkeys following and intimidating residents, as well as a U.S. P.S. Letter carrier. It's probably the most to exercise that carrier's had in a while. Uh, the increase in activity is due to male turkeys establishing dominance amongst their male peers. Uh, the increase in intimidation and aggression towards humans is due to turkeys having become habituated around humans because humans are feeding them, whether intentionally or unintentionally, they add. The police department's top tip for curbing their aggressive behavior is for people to stop feeding the turkeys. This will help keep turkeys farther away from residences and parking lots. Turkeys that are looking at their reflections on the sides of cars and windows may think they're seeing other turkeys also. (laughs) The police write, this may be the contributing factor to reports of turkey attacks on cars, often with (laughs) humans inside of them or humans trying to exit. (laughs) Wow, that's funny. I like that. I do. The turkey looks at the window of the car and says, hey, you, you looking at me? I would go to the nearest Winn-Dixie and get me a frozen turkey and drive basically you're next. You're next. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Matt Good Friday edition of the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. I think we're taking Monday off after Easter. Okay. Uh, are we supposed to? That suits me just fine. Good. Did we manage to make it through a whole week this week? No, we didn't. No. 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 <laughs> and I'm going to be honest with you. You don't know how close we came to not making it today. You, you know, no idea. We've both had medical things this oh, week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, by the way, I mentioned the other yeah. day, just to oh, kind yeah. of a follow-up on that, uh, I didn't expect to get a report on the biopsy until late l- next week because they right. told me it's going to be five to ten days. So I get this phone call yesterday, and I rec- I look at the, my, the, my caller ID, and it's the, it's the doctor that did the biopsy. 
And your stomach had to be in your throat when Monday, that happened. I, yeah. I mean, when it happens yeah. that fast, because I got yeah. it done Monday, and on Thursday right. I've got the results. I mean, in my brain says, well, nothing, this can be nothing but bad. Right. right? This is, there is no way this is a good call. That's right. Because when they call you that quick, it means yeah. we need to get you in and get you in right. now. Right. But it Man. wasn't like that. It turns out that all 15 of the samples they took, uh, everything is benign. And the, wow. there was just a little inflammation that showed up on the uh, on the MRI, and that's that's wow. what they were curious about. Man. They wanted to check. Good out. news, so, man. Yeah, absolutely. Good news, but very scary. Woo! Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. I didn't think about that when you sent me that text. You know, yeah. I didn't think about. Wait a minute. I knew. I mean, my first thought was, "Wow, that was fast." <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. It was. But like I said, the first thing that crosses mm. your mind when you see the doctor's name, you've just yeah. seen for a biopsy three days before. <laughs> and uh, you think, oh, this can't be good. Ugh, you know, goodness. You but know, that just they gave me the willies, man. No. It just it does. Yeah. I mean, thank God you got that kind of message because you know there are plenty of people today that are gonna get bad news. Absolutely, yeah. Everybody deals with it differently. And yeah. the one thing that I'm just as a recommendation, okay. Um if somebody you know has cancer or they have some type of really life-defining illness, okay? Don't, when they tell you about it, don't say, hey, I had it or oh. my grandma had, you know. Yeah, right. When my mother was sick with cancer, okay, and it was an 11-year battle, the last 11 years of her life, cancer was a part of her daily existence. Mm. And I can't tell you the number of times when somebody would say, hey, how's your mom doing? And I would tell them, you know, if they knew her that well. Right. And and I thought they were actually asking out of concern, not just being polite. And sometimes I would give them the polite response. Hey, she's battling. You know, if I didn't think they knew her that well, and mm -hmm. I think they're being polite. But if they followed it up, I would then answer. But nine times out of ten, they were asking a question so they could tell me their cancer story. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you know, I, polite. Yeah. But really, you asked me about my mom. I didn't mm -hmm. ask you about your cancer family history you know right and i'm not being impolite or mean it's just i'm a little more concerned about my mom than i am about your cat that had leukemia and you know there is a time and place for that but oh yeah that's not the time and place for it not when yeah. you're asking about how somebody else is doing right and that's not when you you dive into your organ recital so to speak yes. you know yeah you just back yeah. i'll say wow and that's yeah. why when you told me that yesterday i did share that with a couple of people that i told what was going on yeah in my family i mean not like yeah. you know because it's a private thing, you know, it you is. went through it privately and I think that's the best way to do these things. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yep. so, you know, God <laughs> is good. We know that. Yeah. That was talking about it being private. It's one of those things. I, I actually told Jane, I said, nobody needs to know about this. Right. And that, that means nobody, nobody. Right. I don't want, yeah. I don't want to show up at the, at the weekend family get together right. or something and people say, how are you doing? You know, right. I, it's that I don't want that. Because I, but my only answer is I don't know how I'm doing. Right. How are you? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it it could be the last time you see me healthy, or that's right. I'm dying. You? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Mark, we're all born to die. <laughs> liveradio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark as we wind things down today it might be fitting to close with a uh, a, a civilian and a police officer coming you know into because we've yeah. had a couple of stories today that involved uh mm -hmm. cops and and robbers and whatever so. yep and i think it's uh it's a good thing because i've been wanting to touch this button all morning long oh yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> 
boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come? Probably for something you? dumb. Bad boys, bad boys. Yeah. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Connecticut police officers didn't have to go far to arrest a suspected intoxicated driver. The 30-year-old man managed to crash his car into the Plainfield Police Department's entrance sign Monday afternoon. (laughs) The man was traveling at a high rate of speed and lost control of the Honda Accord, which careened off the road and slammed into the sign. A photo of the crash uh, of the scene showed the damaged silver sedan resting amid a pile of concrete blocks from the base of the sign and the busted sign itself. The driver, who police said did not perform a field sobriety test to standard, in other words, he failed, was charged with traveling too fast, failing to maintain the proper lane, and operating under the influence of drugs or alcohol. He was no. he was released on a $10,000 bond. Wow. <laughs> just, Mark, just no. You know, just no. I mean... I kind of feel sorry for the cops in a couple of ways. One, their sign got messed up. So now right. they've got to go through that whole process with all the, you know, with the city and all yeah. the paperwork and all that. And they didn't even get to do it out in the field where they could stop by for donuts on the way back to the station. <laughs> or, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.